InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. A recent study reveals a major religious shift is underway as many Americans quit attending church. What are the reasons, and what effect does this have on social services? Here with the story, InfoTrack's Roy Mackey. Roy? Thank you, Chris. Our guest is sociologist Dr. Ryan Burge, assistant professor of political science as well as the graduate coordinator at Eastern Illinois University. He's also the co-founder and frequent contributor to the website Religion in Public, and he recently conducted the largest and most comprehensive study of declining church attendance in the U.S. The results of the study are the basis of a book called The Great Dechurching, Who's Leaving, Why Are They Going, and What Will It Take to Bring Them Back? Dr. Burge, how did you define and measure dechurching in your study? Yeah, it's a new concept. I mean, we basically created it, and our criteria was this. At one point, you had to go to church at least weekly, and now you describe your church attendance as seldom or never, or basically less than once a year. Now, when we're talking about dechurching, is that term confined to traditional Christian denominations, or does this trend affect other faiths as well? It does. It affects every religious tradition. For instance, the Latter-day Saints, the Mormons, are seeing a fair amount of defection themselves. The problem is that you know Christianity is still easily the largest religion in America. Other religious groups obviously matter very much, but it's just very hard to measure them because of how small they are when you're doing surveys. For instance, about 1% of Americans are Latter-day Saint, and you know less than 1% are Muslim. Jews run about 2%. So it's really, really hard to get a sample of like, de-churched Latter-day Saints, for instance. So tell us about the main findings of your study. We were really looking for, you know, the reasons why people left church and then maybe if there's some openings there for them to come back. And really the headline finding for me, I did all the data analysis for the book, was the number one reason why people left church, became de-church, was because they moved. That was over 20% of all our respondents said that was the primary reason why they de-churched. And, you know, that kind of goes against what all the discourse is about. You know, you see on social media and in the media generally, you hear it's about things like politics or same-sex marriage or abortion or, you know, women in leadership, things like that. But really, when you get right down to the nuts and bolts of it, a lot of people don't have a sort of cathartic epiphany style moment where they were going every week and then just stopped going entirely. They sort of drifted away over time. And more often than not, it's a life event. Like we talked about, they moved, they got married, they had kids, they got a new job. And anytime you sort of disrupt the normalcy of your life and change your pattern and change your routine, it's going to be hard to go back. And so for a lot of people, they didn't leave religion because they were ideologically you know, opposed or theologically opposed. They just left because they didn't really see it changing their life a whole lot and didn't miss much when they left. How about the effect of the lockdowns during the COVID pandemic? Have churches recovered from that? The Easter Sunday of 2020 was easily the least attended Easter Sunday in American history. I mean, almost every church in America was closed during Easter of 2020. And again, once you get people out of routines, it's really hard for them to get back in routines. If you look at the data, it's really all over the place when it comes to COVID. Survey data says that attendance did decline, but sort of on the same trend line that has been declining for decades now. So you didn't see this huge like uptick or downtick in religious attendance in post-COVID. It was just a continuation of what we've already seen. But if you ask pastors and you know religious leaders what they're seeing on the ground day to day in the pews, some of them have actually seen an increase. 
in attendance post-COVID, but the norm has been a decrease. Some people left and never came back. Maybe that's because, honestly, some of them died or had to go to a nursing home because they were older to begin with. But some people left and just said, you know what, I don't really see my life being that different from not getting up on Sunday morning and going to church and not coming back. So it's really a nuanced, idiosyncratic story where there's not one narrative that really you know describes every house of worship in America. You also study demographics. Tell us about that. The big finding that really shocks people is the tendency that we think about religion, and I think this is such a myth that exists in American society, is religion is a place for poor, uneducated people. You know, and you see the caricatures online of, you know, like snake handlers and, you know, backwater kind of people and this type of thing. Actually, if you look at the data, it paints an entirely different portrait of de-churching in America. The people that are the most likely to be in religious services this weekend are people with college degrees. They're much more likely than people with a high school diploma or less. And even in terms of income, the most likely people to go to church today are people with a four-year college degree making between sixty dollars and $100,000 per year. The least likely are those with a high school diploma or less making less than $30,000 a year. So when it comes to de-churching, the people who are the most likely to de-church are those at the bottom end of the socioeconomic spectrum. The people who are doing well, you know, in terms of finances and education, they're actually the ones who are most likely to be in houses of worship. Very interesting. How does de-churching affect the beliefs and behaviors of those who lead the church? One thing that's really interesting about the book is we create these four like types of de-church people. And some people left religion and they left all of it. You know, they left the belief and the belonging and the behavior. They left every aspect of religion. They really aren't, you know, orthodox in any sort of theological sense. But a lot of people who left the church or de-church actually believe that Jesus is the Son of God, you know, believe in basic Christian doctrine. So if you look at survey data, broadly speaking, what you find is that belief is really the last thing to go in America. About 40% of Americans go to church less than once a year. About 30% of Americans claim no religious affiliation. But only about 10 or 12% of Americans say that God doesn't exist or we can't know if God exists or not. So atheists are agnostic by belief. So the vast majority of Americans today still believe in a higher power. Even if you look at people who never attend religious services, they're just as likely to say that God exists without a doubt as they are to say that God doesn't exist at all. So there's still a ton of belief in America, even though we're seeing this massive amount of de-churching. How does de-churching affect the churches themselves as they lose members? I'm actually a pastor of an American Baptist church that is going to close down in the next few years, probably in the next 12 months, actually. And you would be amazed at all the questions we've had to try to answer for ourselves in terms of logistical stuff. Like, how do you get rid of choir ropes? How do you get rid of pews? How do you get rid of Bibles and hymnals and altars and communion tables and a hundred sets of dishes that we use for potlucks? And how do you dispose of a building? Who do you sell it to and how do you sell it and where does the money go? All these are questions that literally thousands of houses of worship are going to face across America over the next 20 or 30 years as we're seeing the wholesale decline of almost all denominations in this country. There's going to be a whole industry that crops up of real estate agents who just deal with church property, how to dispose of that in a meaningful way. And then societally, think about all the things that churches and religious bodies do to prop up the safety net of America. Clothes closets, food kitchens, after school programs, prison ministries, all these things that they're doing to try to make society a little less awful. There's really nothing to step into that breach. There's a gap there. And I have lots of friends who are atheist agnostic. I talk to them often. They have not, in a meaningful way, found a way to create these volunteer networks in any way mirror what's happening in American religion. So what's going to happen to these kids and these people living on the fringes of American society when churches aren't there to kind of lift them up? They're going to fall through the cracks, and I think Americans are going to be worse for it. 
Dr. Burge, was there any one thing in this research that was the most surprising to you? Yeah, the one thing is, if you look at it over and over again, it's that the share of Americans who are just absolutely turned off to religion is very small. So if you look at the share of Americans who don't believe in God at all, never go to church, and identify as atheist, agnostic, or nothing in particular in terms of belonging, that's about 6% of America even today. As we talk about the overall secularization and decline of religion in America, almost 95% of all Americans are religious in one way or another. So, you know, despite the fact that churches are emptying out, if you compare us to, say, Western Europe, we still are much more religious. I mean, even the least religious states in America are more religious than the most religious states in Western Europe. So compare ourselves to Western Europe, we are still much, much more religious than they are. Obviously, we were less religious than we were 30 years ago, but we're not secular in any meaningful way right now. A moment ago, you suggested that you expect this trend to continue. Are there steps that churches or religious leaders can take to respond to this? Absolutely. I mean, I think the one thing they have to realize is that, that Christianity is not the default religion in America anymore. If you look back at people born in the early 1900s, only 2% of them were raised in households with no religion. You know, so it was basically everywhere. Everyone was raised to be Christian, you know, Protestant or Catholic, and some Jews as well. But we were overwhelmingly a Christian country for a long, long time. And I think pastors and churches have always operated from the position of privilege. They're going to be Christian. That's what we do as Americans. You've got to rethink how you approach people when Christianity is not the default anymore. You've got to explain basic Christian doctrine to people. They don't understand, you know, basic Bible stories and basic Christian theology. But the other thing I tell pastors a lot when I do workshops and retreats and things is pastors are taught to think about the world vertically. It's all about God and spirituality, you know, how to preach and how to pray and, and all those kind of things. I'm a sociologist, so I think about the world horizontally a lot, which is how people relate to each other. And at the end of the day, churches are social organizations. Obviously, they have a, you know, a theological dimension for sure, but they're also opportunities for people to gather together. And I think if COVID taught us anything is that we need other people. We need community. And, you know, churches have fellowship halls and big yards and all these facilities. Sometimes they have gyms to allow people to come in and just have a good time. Think about the social, the horizontal aspect of religion a little bit more and maybe set up some programs to just focus on that and maybe let the theological take a back seat and hope that comes in, you know, later on down the road. Very interesting study. Dr. Ryan Burge from Eastern Illinois University. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you so much. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. Next, have you stashed away enough to retire? That story coming up. Don't go away. InfoTrack will be back right after this. 